Hello and welcome to North 100, a Canadian Highlander podcast. I'm Serge. Joining me today, I have a Nelly. Hi, I'm here. <laughs> Wheeler. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Reminder that North 100 is brought to you by you with your support of the Patreon over at patreon.com slash loading ready run. Welcome to part three of our Brothers War set review. We've covered everything today, or pardon me, we've covered everything prior to today, and today we are left with quite possibly the most exciting part of the set, which is the artifacts, which is not something that is very common for set reviews. I think it, that hasn't been the case since like Aether Revolt or something like that. It's been a very long time since we've been hyped for the artifacts. And there were so many artifacts, we even had to disperse them throughout the other colors just to make sure that we could get through it in one episode. We're also been covering lands, but there's only like four of them. <laughs> a reminder that the way that we cover the set, it's not exhaustive. We don't talk about all of the cards by themselves. And you might notice that some artifacts and lands are missing. They've either been in the previous episodes or for the meld cards specifically, we covered all of those in episode two. So if you've missed those and you're curious, go back and watch the other episodes and then also like and subscribe and do all that, all that stuff with those. All right, I've talked long enough. Let's get into the cards. Start us off, Wheeler. Ash Nods Harvester. Two mana artifact creature. It's a construct for a 3-1. Whenever Ashnod's Harvester attacks, exile target card from a graveyard and unearth for one in a black. Stop. Leave my graveyard alone. Get some help. Uh, I mean, you can cast this off Ancient Tomb mana. So if you're playing an Ancient Tomb mana deck with artifacts, uh, artifact aggro synergies, workshop weenie sort of stuff. I don't hate it. I mean, look... It, there was a time where people would even play stuff like Hovermere, or like they'd talk about playing Hovermere. When na- and now you can play this. What? Oh, you don't know who they are. It's okay. Um, <laughs> and Unearth is just extra scary on this kind of thing. Like I might even play this in Dredge, just because it's a creature with Unearth. Um, it's x ones are hard like three ones are really hard to evaluate but the fact that you could slam this into anything have a trade and be like cool i'll just get it back later and maybe you ate their uro is kind of a uh, appealing i would say i think the fact that it's a construct is also relevant mm-hmm. increasingly there have been plus one plus one synergies or tutor synergies specifically for constructs which means like we're already talking about battle bots and those workshop winnie decks but i think there is a slight additional upside to this card as well Mm -hmm. but yeah that's the only thing i want to add all right next up nelly I just would say I, I'm also going to try that harvester in mono black aggro. I think even outside oh, of interesting. Ancient Mana, I, I think it, I think it's worth just because uh, re- recurring exiling of your opponent's graveyard is so valuable. Mm-hmm. Mono busy, right? Okay. Yeah, or maybe black mold. Yeah, might, might try it in that. Okay, right, so we've up, got yeah. blade coil serpent X and six generic for an artifact creature serpent five four. But wait, when this enters the battlefield for each blue blue spent to cast it draw a card and then for each black black spent to cast it each opponent discards a card and for each red red spent to cast it it gets plus one plus oh and trample and haste until end of turn so let's break it down from the bottom we've got a, a slightly more or sorry just the philosophy of this card the x in the top right hand corner i mentioned earlier doesn't <clears throat> directly translate to anything you just have to spend at least six mana on this and then if you have all x if you have extra colored mana lying around you can put as much in as you want so that's how this it's called the serpent but it's sort of a hydra right it's sort of a hydra it's got an x in the cost sure it's very funny how you set that up Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah anyways so from the bottom i think the easiest place to put this is medium red or, of course, Big Red or anything that's playing, like, you know, all the Glory Bringers or whatever. This one does cost one more, but then it has Trample and Haste, swings in for eight for six mana. Um, or seven if you're using the Ancient Tomb and then you have the four mountains. I think that's reasonable. Yep. The Black Black, I'm not sure which deck. Maybe I, mean, I could try this in the A plus B of some of my goofy large mono black brews, maybe. But the Blue Blue, obviously, the, the Blue and Red ones are the easiest place to find a home for it. Um I don't know if it might be a sort of a hundred and first card in, in uh, Paradox Academy, but I feel like Medium Red could try it. I t- sure. I, I'm shocked that you didn't just go to like what I internalize as Nelson Academy, sure. not in a derogatory. No, way. I get it. Blue <laughs> Black Academy, yeah, 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 the bigger blue black. Just like I'm going to cast yeah. this idiot on turn three, sure. and if you have an answer, I've got another worm. You know, like. <laughs> sure. Six mana draw three on a five four. That's a that's a 
it's like a hydroid crisis for Tolarian Academy. Yeah, no, it is exciting to the idea of putting ten mana into this to draw five. It's like another um, a really, really expensive time twister. Also, if you go infinite, um, that's pretty. I mean, it seems yeah. weird to say, but again, that's a deck where it's like you get infinite mana and, and then what? Like you need something else. But if you if you get infinite mana through like Manamo combo or whatever, then... draw every card but the bottom one of your deck and then play your uh, your Thoracle, mm-hmm. right? Oh, I don't know. Why'd you have to ruin it? I don't know how. Said, talked about going infinite. I don't know what else we want. I don't know. Right? Draw into something that has more soul than Thoracle. Yeah, yeah just like Snorefest over here. Real quick, uh, got a shout out to an old classic friend of mine, uh, Mono Black Control. Oh, yeah. Because, like, mm-hmm. this is another mind twist, is kind yep. of spicy. And that, right? And that's a deck that would play Grim Monolith, or, like, it would accelerate into big stuff. But, like, slamming this down turn two, turn three, even if you're only playing black, black and casting off a fast mana, like, discard a card, deal with this 5 4 is exactly okay. what that deck wants to be doing. <laughs> if we're going to give shout outs to, like, maybe decks that we're not quite playing all the time right now, we've got to, like, try to summon Josh Lane back oh to God. the scene. Oh, yeah. Play blue, blue, well, black, black, any red, deck red. That's playing, yeah, the Grease, right? <laughs> If you're playing um, uh, Cruel Ultimatum, Blade yeah. Coil Serpent's like, oh, baby, I oh. want it all. <laughs> Hello. You discard. I draw attack for oh, six. Discard oh. a card. I draw a go. What do you do? I'm a weasel. That's a Sorry. very funny joke if you played Magic in Victoria like eight years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somewhere the grease is like, is somebody talking about me? Oh. <laughs> all right. Next up is me. And we've got Cityscape Leveler. This is an 8-mana, eight 8-8 eight, eight construct with Trample. When you cast a spell and whenever it attacks, destroy up to one target non-land permanent. Its controller creates a tapped Power Stone token. It also unearths for 8. I mean, it's big. It's rude. Big. Yeah. <laughs> this is, um, <clears throat> pardon me, this is right at that sweet spot between something that's it's funny because it's eight mana, but something that's castable in like the big mana decks, but something you're also pretty happy to reanimate. Obviously, it doesn't have an ETB. It needs to turn sideways. But, you know, if it does turn sideways, you're pretty happy. This is like the sort of threshold you want to see in a reanimation target, which is if you untap with it, it's going to be a really bad day for your opponent. And so it it wins in three turns it has trample so it can't be chump blocked and it can deal with stuff it does give your opponent theoretically tap power stone tokens but if you're destroying relevant permanents it doesn't really matter all that much like you'll you'll destroy a planeswalker and give them a mana rock or something. what if i pull out an old standby yeah because there's a deck i'm looking at this and i'm like wow i could channel this out not just channel a uh, sneak and show yeah right but if it's i channel, channel it yeah and blow something up or just cast rituals into this or sneak attack it and then sacrifice it and I get to unearth it. I'm thinking garbage platter. Oh, interesting. Yeah, like the sneak attack storm yep. channel dot deck. Like Yeah, Mind's Desire. Flip this, cast for free. <laughs> yeah. I mean, channel is spicier because it also gets the cast trigger, obviously, mm-hmm. as opposed to well, mine's sorry, go ahead, finish. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to like the traditional ways of trying to cheat it into play. Yeah. But yeah, that big mana. I I also like it in reanimator because of unearth you can ditch it and later if the game goes long enough you do also have value like unearth notably gives it haste Mm -hmm. so it gets that attack trigger with trample like 8-8 trampler vindicate is nothing Mm -hmm. well not vindicate it's not land but nothing to scoff at yeah perfectly acceptable big lad i just like how stout it is (laughs) oh yeah do you think it do you think the whole time it's just like step 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 it's got dainty little feet yeah yeah off camera it's wearing heels it's like how does it level the city it's so big and just skittering it on its way back to its midwestern home to eat a bunch of chili somebody like urza turns on the lights like eat skitters away like a cockroach like it's this big but it's afraid of mice robots yeah 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 all right next up wheeler Clay Champion, another name of a Midwestern football player. Uh, For X and four, so similar to the serpent that we discussed, it's a construct artifact creature token. Its base is a 2-2, but Clay Champion enters the battlefield with three 1-1 counters on it for each green green spent to cast it. And when Clay Champion enters the battlefield, choose up to two other target creatures you control. For each white white spent to cast it, put a 1-1 counter on each of them. I got to tell you, I when I first saw this card, I was thinking about it in like medium green or mono green stompy, where it's just a four mana 
eight eight. Four mana eight eight? Yeah, not bad, eh? That's pretty good. What are we, Hearthstone? <laughs> right? Um yeah. seven seven, but uh, Yeah. Uh, and but and I'm like, eh, that's big. But you <laughs> could just you could just chum block it, you know? Like I need trample. I need something. And it's an artifact creature without protection, so it's vulnerable. Then I was thinking, well, what about white? Like if I pay four mana for this card, and then I get a two two, and I just get to put counters on everything across the board. And I'm like, ah, four mana in white. Like, I'm not playing this card. Where am I? Like, I can recruit her for it, which is kind of hot. But then it hit me. Green and white. <laughs> and I know that Fine, sounds... Yeah. It's, Hold on. Hold, All right. Take... <laughs> wait, wait for it. I know how stupid that sounds, but... I think people looking at evaluating this card and the serpent, it's easy to get just so in like down the road of like monocolor deck, but in like a green white counters deck or just green white bid range, paying four mana for a five five that then just buffs two of your other creatures, that's impressive. That's like Angel of Invention, but you know, well playable in our format, RIP. Um, so yeah, I'm I would not be surprised if I die to this card is what I'm saying. I love that classic evaluation from this podcast. It's a good one. Yeah. I <clears throat> Yeah. I just worry they're going to bushwhack my chump blocker before <laughs> combat and hit me with the 8-8, eight, eight, man. No, no clay, <laughs> no. <laughs> Bad clay. Yeah. I do want to evaluate it from the point of view of a like battle bot or construct deck and this is probably my least favorite just because green and white white with the exception of um Tempered Steel. It's like mm -hmm. the only reason to play white. It's just you're not playing a lot of white, and in particular in those decks, you're not playing a lot of pips. So it it like you can kind of think of it in that way, but you're like, no, the the actual like meat and bread of this card, which is the text in the middle section, does not make it a good fit for that one. Whereas the the previous one, the snake with red and black and blue, is potentially playable in that deck, mm -hmm. even right. even in different modes. Workshop and three blue mana, you're, you're still pretty happy. Five exactly. Four draw cards, yeah, it's like fine. any of those. But this one, yeah. you're just like, nah. All right, let's move on to Nelly. Combat Courier. A one mana, one one construct creature with pay two, sacrifice this, draw a card, and unearth for a blue. It's an egg. It's a little egg with legs. I'm clapping. That's yeah. Great. No. Oh. But it's very cute. Reminds us of Bo career. Go ahead. What if your egg could attack, Wheeler? Mm. Oh, my eggs do attack, Surge. If you'll allow me to explain the machinations of Lifespark Spellbomb. Um, <laughs> I'm not actually going to do that. But, uh, yeah. You know, I, I like this. Draws two cards for a reasonable amount of mana, but you can pay it all in installments. Can attack, can block, can really block. Can really block. Loves blocking. Yeah. God, it's like the blocking. opposite of Bomat Courier. Yeah. The blue Courier yeah. versus the red Courier, right? Um, I think this one's pretty straightforward. The the draw card activation is pretty expensive, and so I feel but like... it doesn't involve tapping, which that's is right. so important yeah, on this one. Yeah, do with haste, absolutely. Yeah, just like all, all the other good eggs, you can draw the card immediately. Mm -hmm. Um... Yeah, I think it's pretty straightforward. If you need another egg and you want to chump block with your egg, this is the egg for you. I'd even try it in um, in my weenie decks, in my aggressive yeah. decks, because sometimes you worry about... I mean, Bomat Courier is great because it's aggressive and then you can cash it in later. And while not to the same extent, just the ability to be like, well, pretty dead here. Let's try and get something else. It's also the second unearth creature for a single mana, I think. Mm, uh, that there, one there's two that can tap and untap things, right? Uh, sorry, yes, Faith Stitcher. Faith but Stitcher, that yeah. is not, like, that's a four mana card by itself. Like, Dragescape right. Zombie yeah. in the decks, and there's another one later yeah, in the set. just to be a body for one mana, right? In the Realistically. Stretch, or the, the full, the full uh, mill deck. Yeah, right? Dredge yeah. cares about it because it's a zombie, but you'll Hermit Druid decks yeah, um, yeah. Enough, yeah, are just sure. like, I need a one mana creature that'll bring it back. And like a bug hermit druid deck or a four color, uh, especially if it's it's also on like Flash Hulk package or whatever. Like this is nice to have a one mana unearth card that is also just like, if I draw it early, I can play it, block something, sack it, maybe find it, you know, just draw a card, and then also it's in the yard for when I need to combo. This works off. great with Lab Maniac because you mill your whole deck, it yeah. unearths, yep. and it's the draw spell. So, like, yep. this is probably nuts Ooh. in that deck. That's a really good call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. All right, uh, next up is me. 
We've got the Energy Refractor. I'm sorry. Next up is actually Wheeler. Wheeler. Oh, Energy Refractor. No, you got to steal his egg. It felt great. <laughs> Hold on. This is a nut. Uh, two mana, more ways than one. It's a two mana artifact that when it ETBs, I draw a card. It's I draw a card. Just Wheeler. I he's draw the, a card. He's the one who's going to play it. Yeah. Every person who casts Energy Refractor, Wheeler still draws the card. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. If I'm in a match and all of a sudden it's like, whoop, it's like, I, I swear to God, I didn't do this. Somebody in Texas cast this card. Um, so when it ETBs, I draw a card. <laughs> I draw the card, and then he can pay two generic to filter this. So this is another prophetic prism, but importantly, it doesn't tap to use the activated ability. So if we generate infinite colorless mana in our basalt monolith, like uh, Rings of Bright Earth combo, um, or if we are comboing off with Monomo and Tolarian Academy, Zerted uh, Temple Tolarian Academy, this lets us just filter. Like, we would just play this because it's a two-mana artifact that ETBs draws a card, which is why Pr Prophetic Prism sees play. But this is the first time we've had one of these that doesn't have to tap to filter, so it's just free. Like... <laughs> You get the infinite mana and then you're never stuck with like a war gate in your hand and you're like, how do I cast this? Or, you know, uh, second sunrise having double white, which can be actually pretty difficult when you're setting up loops. Um, I know it seems like a weird card. We even talked about this before this episode. I was like, this looks like just another egg. Let's cut it. Wheeler's like, no, actually, hold on. And this time I need it. Like, <laughs> it's actually has, it, it's a huge role player in eggs. Uh, so yeah, slam dunk. All right, we'll go back to me, yep. and then we'll go to Nelly. I've got the Liberator, uh, Urza's Battle Thopter. This is a three-mana one-two. doesn't pass the Hovermere test, but I'll keep reading. Three-mana one-two legendary artifact creature Thopter. It has flash and flying, and you may cast colorless spells and artifact spells as though they had flash. Whenever you cast a spell, if that amount of mana spent to cast a spell is greater than Liberator's power... Put a plus one plus one counter on the Liberator. Okay, well, this is just sealing the coffin on, on Hovermere. I mean, it's, it's one more mana to cast. And Shimmermere. Well, Shimmermere doesn't give your Eldrazi Titans flash. Yeah, so there's going to be some commander players that care about this more. No, no, that's what I'm saying is that this puts the Shimmermere's in a coffin. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, no, only yeah. Mere tribal wants Shimmermere. Yeah, right. right. All right, so the, the, yeah, the obvious comparison here is Shimmermere. Shimmermere is a three mana, two, two. That says artifact spells have flash. This has flying. Uh, and this has this really terrifying growth threat. I don't think the colorless spells having flash is going to be all that relevant in our format. But I absolutely love this in battle bots. I love this in aggressive artifact decks. Uh, this is possibly also playable. Maybe not in your in your welder lists. Probably not as much. No. But this is terrifying. I think in the decks with the Darksteel Juggernaut, this is totally yeah. fine. It's not limited yeah. to once per turn. Yeah. Yeah, you can... Turn this into a 3-4 real quick. Should we put a limiter on this? No, artifact decks aren't able to go like one, like two four, mana card. Four, four. Yeah. Another one, free mirror enforcer. It's it's interesting because it's not templated the same way as um, Evolve. Mm. So in some ways, it's potentially more abusable, especially... It actually cares how much mana you spend. Spend, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Right. But still, you play it, and then next turn you play a two, and then... It doesn't ritual through a three or, or it whatever, doesn't yeah. absolutely pop off with um, affinity is what mm, we're thinking about yeah, here, yeah, right? Yeah. Your your um, thought, no, not thought cast. Which is the the creature thought cast? Yeah, the two two for seven. thought monitor. Thought oh, monitor, yeah, yeah. Thought monitor looks at this and you're like, oh, not quite. Well, maybe just make sure you the, yeah <laughs> pay two. Let's pay two mana. If only you pay, have five oh artifacts God. instead of. Instead of six. Okay, that's also Kath kind of busted. Kathleen was talking, we were talking about this card for punt counterpunt, and Kathleen said that it looks like a giant chicken. It does. And I can't not see it oh, now. Oh, yeah, sorry, wow. now you all see it too. Every time yeah. I see this card, uh -huh. I just think it's a big chicken and all the soldiers are like little corn kernels <laughs> trying to escape. <laughs> or someone wants to have a snack. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think this card's solid. Like, it's it's magical Christmas landing, obviously, but in your battle pot stack, you can like workshop on one, and yeah. then on two, you ancient tomb, and you you cast two, a two and a three. Well, even even not thinking about like magical Christmas land, just the fact that this is a flash flying threat is so huge for that deck, because um, that is like a lot of aggressive decks. It's very hard to close out games, especially as your opponent's starting to. I'm just picturing lines where you're behind. You've got a piece of equipment on the board. 
and any source, any regular creature would enter play, get removed. He wouldn't be able to do this. But this can flash and end a turn, pick up a sword for lethal or something like that, right? Like, you don't even need to be cute and be like, oh, I can get so much more value out of it. Just even that play pattern itself. And you have so, you don't actually have a lot of flying threats. There's a lot of creatures that give you um, Thopter tokens, but like, this is huge. Just this is this is a really, really, really good card for that deck. For more so than just like the obvious over-the-top reasons. It fills in a lot of gaps and it has upside. Nice. Yeah. All right. And now we'll good go battle to, chicken. Yeah. <laughs> good battle chicken. And now we'll go to Nelson. Sure. All right. N Nelson mean Unless a it's a yeah. Nelson. <laughs> Wheeler, Wheeler. Wheeler. You, you could get away. All right, fine. fine. Back Take to it. Wheeler. Uh, Mishra's research desk. One mana artifact. Pay one tap. Sacrifice Mishra's research desk. Exile the top two cards of your library. Choose one of them until the end of your next turn. You can play that card. And has unearth for one in a red. Uh, you know, if we didn't just get a really good egg in the previous set, and then another good egg or two, I guess, in this set. I might be looking at this card for, well, eggs. Um, but with this, I don't actually think so. The exile is really tricky where like you can put cards in your graveyard and eggs all you want. That's fine. That's a second hand for that deck. But the exile, the fact that it exiles both can be a little difficult. Like I don't particularly like exiling my black Lotus or Tolarian Academy. Um, and, uh, I mean, you could just choose to play that one. Stop shuffling but... those two so they're always right next to each <laughs> yeah. other. That's not uh, great I've, for me. Uh, well, the, the uh, judge said I could tape them together once. And um, the, <laughs> the point is, like, that deck likes having... I like cards in my graveyard. I like cards in my library. Don't like cards in exile. And also, just, I don't like the urgency that this card pushes, where eggs is just actually a deck that can take its time. It can sit. It can cook. Um and even the unearth being able to rebuy if you play it early sack maybe hit a land drop and do it it's just the slots are hyper competitive for one mana artifacts that replace themselves now and i think this one falls short uh, especially after uh, combat courier that we just got what does anybody, anybody think about just normal red decks for this because a bunch of these red draw card spells cost two or three mana and then you still have to play the cards either that turn or sometimes it's the next turn but this one the the clause is this turn or sorry, the, the clause is until of your yeah. end of your next turn, and the mana requirement is really small, right? You're looking at somewhere between one and three mana you've spent to get access to it. You know, I guess on the unearth, it's always three. It's like it's no light up the stage, right? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. All right, maybe I played this in eggs. I've thought about it enough. Yeah, maybe I do get an eggs. Uh, I do like what you're thinking about there, though, because a lot of those red decks have been looking for ways to get more card advantage. And like yeah. Robber of the Riches helped, Light of the State has helped. Young Feldon, we saw in the last episode, was a good one, too. Yeah, you're, like people are even playing like uh, Chandra Pyromaster for the ability to exile cards. And obviously, it offers more flexibility than that, but that's a great like yeah. zero. So maybe it's, it's expensive and it's kind of dirtily. So you'd want to be like a more mid-rangey but then a mid-rangey deck is kind of looking at this and being like you could be anything else okay we're giving we're giving the research desk a question mark mm. all right now nelly perennial behemoth uh i love this one i love the name i love the yard i love the card five mana two seven beasts with you may play lands from your graveyard that's right surge we've got another one of these it also <laughs> unearths for green green uh, so that's fantastic for these graveyard decks, uh, lands decks that are putting lots of stuff in their graveyard. You can do a giant mill or like a, several mill effects in a row. And then when you need to get your, you know, strip mine out for the, for the crucial turn where you blow up all their lands and gain infinite life, you have a Ram Epic Sphere for that one turn. It also is just a two seven. So like when you're playing it out normally, you've got a pretty serious blocker. I do want to acknowledge the combo potential of that, of like this is a crucible that you can slam out of nowhere for cheaper mm -hmm. as well. It's two mana instead of three mana. It's like safe-ish in your graveyard. You can sit there, your opponent can be waiting on it, and then you're like, fast bond, unearth, GG. You just get to <laughs> loam into it. 
Yeah. yeah. You're just like, oh, okay, I'll remember. Yeah, and you out. no longer need to hit the, your Ramanap or your Crucible with your Savines. You can use your Savines for both the Fastbone and the Strip Mine, and then you can unearth for two. Not to mention, it, it being five mana isn't actually the end of the world because... Three drops are abundant in the lands decks, like a lands mid-range or even the combo version. And like Eldritch Evolution just finds yep. finds this card pretty easily. I, yep. This makes me start considering um, old lands decks used to run like Intuition mm-hmm. as oh, a way okay. to do stuff. And all of a sudden, like, which which do you pick? Do you put it in hand? You're like, yeah, I'll take a Crucible to hand. Or like, no, not that one. Okay, I'll take a Crucible to my graveyard. They're like, no, not like that. Right? Like, this makes a lot of those old, really busted choice tutors even more difficult. Just gifts ungiven. Find Perennial Behemoth plus Glacial Chasm. Fail to find the other two. There you go. It's kind of hot. I mean, hilariously yeah. now, you could just find four Crucibles, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're like... Crucible, uh, Crucible with legs, perennial behemoth, and like one of the six mana elementals. That's mm-hmm. also basically just a crucible. Yeah. Like, Pick your poison. Yeah, I mean that's probably not good, but it's funny that you can do it. Yeah, like we still lose to it, even though it's not good. We've had twelve chads. How about twelve crucibles? Right. Mm. <laughs> uh, any other final thoughts? This card's sweet. I think it's just a slam in all the decks that are playing. I think Pro- it's um, Ramanap. Like yeah. you already have Ramanap. One of the best names for a magic card oh, yeah, of all time. Too, it right. does so much double duty. Yeah. Great. All right, next up, me. Portal to Phyrexia is a nine mana artifact. When it enters the battlefield, each opponent sacks three creatures. At the beginning of your upkeep, put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. It's a Phyrexian in addition to its other types. Hey, he ever wanted to be able to tinker into like a one-sided board wrath? Because like this is so spicy, and I do remember there was a time, a kinder time in our format where people would um, would go get off of Academy Rector. We'd go get the seven mana debtors knell debtors knell oh, and yeah. that was like that was unbeatable. That was so long ago, right? <laughs> like good, forget forget that. Sandy Bullock, right? Wow, Bollock. I can't even say any words right now. What did had, you call my wife? <laughs> Bollock. Sandra Bollocks. I hate that oh, deck. Yikes. Yikes. Uh, full disclosure, I had a poutine before recording, and I'm fighting <laughs> off the itis. <laughs> but yeah, like the second effect of this card already by itself is very strong. Like Debtor's Knell is busted. The ability to bring back any card from any graveyard, obviously it's predicated on the fact of you or your opponent having creatures that matter. Uh, so this might be a meta call, but any of the big artifact decks having a tutorable <laughs> enters the battlefield one-sided creature removal is wild. Because, I mean, obviously, if you're against goblins or hoof, three creatures isn't going to be enough. But against the majority of decks, medium decks, mid-range decks, three creatures, and a lot of artifact decks have the ability to recur threats or recur their artifacts. So you could... Do this a couple of times if you need to. Yeah, I know that I only, like, I somewhat recently have started preaching the, like, you don't have to Goblin Weld or anything that's uncastable or big. And, or, like, Tinker for Kappa Cannoneer is the best you can do. Why do anything else? And then this card shows up, and it's just like, are you sure about that? It's like, yeah. okay, well, no, I, I'll take her for this. I'll Welder this. I'll make the exception. I don't think this is a slam dunk in every deck, I I do think this is a meta call, much like a control deck, to, trying to do the math on how many wraths to play. Mm-hmm. I can think of a lot of meta games where this would actively be bad. For example, if there's a lot of goblins players, so if they're going wide, maybe not so much. But man, when this lines up just right, oh, like little angels, ah. mm. Wheeler, Razor Lash, Transmogrant. Uh, two mana for a 3-1 artifact creature, zombie. Razor Lash Transmogrin can't block, wasn't doing that anyways. <laughs> and four black black return Razor Lash Transmogrin from your graveyard to the battlefield with a 1-1 counter on it. This ability costs four less to activate if an opponent controls four more non-basic lands. And it's like that Star Wars prequel meme of like, and you can only do it once per turn, right? <laughs> once per turn, right? Yeah. You can right? only you can only activate this once in a game, right? Once per turn, right? <laughs> Jesus, this is so good for an aggressive threat. Such a pa- in Canadian Highlander, you're often going to fight opponents playing more than two colors, and they will likely have decks where they will have say four or more non-basic lands in play as early as turn four, sometimes turn three. 
And even if they don't, not on turn four, like later, it, it takes a while for your blue white opponent to get to that, um, you know, that amount. That's fine. That's when this card's at its best. When you have nothing else to do and you're just like, well, here's a four, two, here's a four, two. Uh, yeah. Hey, Nelson. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think this is better than Skyclave shade. Like it's just bigger. I mean, you play them both, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not cutting Skyclave Shade, but like Skyclave Shade was pretty great for, yeah, that, yeah, for yeah. the deck where Wheeler threw to me for it was yeah. mono black aggro. But I think also in like the the black green or the uh, Mardu, mm -hmm. any anything where you're trying to get value off your skull clamp, and that's the main point. Um, this one's exciting. Well, real quick as well, uh, Scrappy scrounger right. is a three two for two that comes back, but you have to exile a creature card from your graveyard mm -hmm. to bring it back. This is. More of the same, but potentially even better because there's the only real limit is um, your opponent and their mana base. But like even mono white death and taxes will probably have them. <laughs> I think the only matchup that you have to worry about is like red deck wins or goblins, and every other deck you're probably going to be able to get that full discount. It's possible the blue moon players will start watching out for it. Oh yeah, yeah. it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, Urza Saga is pretty good and finds Relic of Progenitus. Yeah. Why am I saying that? Never mind. Just kidding. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, it's, many, many different forms. It's a zombie. It's an artifact. It, <laughs> it's going to be live in all the yeah. matchups. It's kind of funny how mono black aggro, and apologies for what I'm about to say, was like uh, this deck where you played boomer cards like Carnifage, <laughs> so, like that have been. Um, enhanced by turbo boomer cards like sinkhole and now <laughs> wait it's, the dig it's, yeah. <laughs> well i didn't even get to the uh the hatred that you're casting oh yeah um and now it there's just this density of like it already had a density but in the past couple of years especially there's just so many two mana three power creatures that come back and then your three drop slot is like what Opposition agent and rotting regisaur, like that deck is just hypnoxpecting. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have something to cast like a dark ritual, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dothy Voidwalker has shadow, right? <laughs> Does actually. Uh, yeah. yeah. Sick. Nelly, you're up. Simeon <laughs> Simulacrum, monkey, ook ook. Uh, three mana artifact creature, ape, two one. But <laughs> when Simeon Simulacrum enters the battlefield, put two plus one plus one counters on target creature you control. That could be the ape or it could be someone else. And it has unearth for two green green. Really exciting uh, ape, ape, ape attack, ape block, ape pump other creature. It's not ape escape because it has unearth. Right. It's, we already had ape escape. Yeah, we there already, else, yeah, right? yeah. This card is so good. Yeah. Big ape, hit face, go fast, beep beep. Well, this is such an amazing mid-range card because I can't think of decks I don't want to put this in. Right? Like, you can blink it. You can cast it off of anything. You can splash it. I don't even know if you care about the Unearth, but the Unearth is upside. The Unearth is pretty good. Well, the Unearth, don't get me wrong. The Unearth is very, very good, but there's decks that I would play this in that aren't Unearth. But maybe right. it could just be the Workshop mana that I'm looking at for that one. It's exciting in Black Mole because you can pump your Trampler and then put the Clamp on it. Mm. It's exciting in any other deck where you have the yeah. Clamp. Like, even, I don't know, yeah, even Mono Black Aggro might consider this card just because the stats are so good. Like, like a three mana four three, or like you said, pump it on something else and sack it to something else, or make something else big, blink it, yeah. right? Uh, blink and unearth work very favorably together too. Hilariously, right. I, I, oh, did you know I didn't know that interaction? Wait, hold on. You could, well because the way unearth works is if it would die or go to hand, you exile oh, it instead. Right. If it would if it would go somewhere other than exile, it goes to exile. But if you're already sending something yes. to exile. Yeah. Then you can choose which thing is sending. Yeah, it to yeah, I, I knew that. I definitely didn't get it wrong on stream earlier today. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's like, weird. It's confusing. Yeah, yeah. Why can you blink on Earth creatures I, and they stick I, around? That's I weird. I was literally writing the judge script for this mm -hmm. when I looked at the rules notes for Unearth, and I thought I knew how Unearth worked because it's a seventeen-year-old mechanic or whatever, and I learned something new. So yeah, like this in a blink deck, right? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Two thousand and eight. Thank you very much. Right. Regardless, I had to shave my beard off because it was all gray. I, I, one point that we haven't actually covered on Unearth that is, I think, the most relevant for this card out of all the other ones is that it's you're not casting the card, right. you're just exiling it, and then it comes back into play. And so, for like a red green monsters deck, or I mean, any green X just like beat down deck, 
you have an uncounterable four mana or four power haste creature, yep. Yep. which is huge because yep. how often do you fight a control deck, get them down to like four, and you can't finish and them. then you just can't exactly. kill them? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like this card is a huge sleeper. Like it, there's so many niche cases where you're like, oh, wow. God. And it's an ape. It's It just keeps, <laughs> the hits keep coming. Another great name, too. Yeah. Uh, that was you. That was me. And now it's me. Yeah, Next me. Spectrum Sentinel is a one mana one two artifact creature soldier. Protection for multicolor. And whenever a non-basic land enters the battlefield under your opponent's control, gain a life. This is, I think, a sleeper card. This is the sort of card that I think you could say, like, best card you're not playing. And I think it's only good in very specific decks because it's like... Ren and Six can't really deal with this. Oko can't really deal with this. There's a lot of like low threat creatures that can deal with this. And it's going to gain you so much life. We were talking about um, with the, the, the zombie recurring creature before, how many non-basic lands your opponents are going to play. Yeah, like every fetch land they play is potentially a three-point life swing mm. on your side. And it's, it's weird because you're like, it's one mana, one, two. How many one, twos do you want to play? Well, food for thought. I don't know a ton of homes for this, but I think it is going to perform well above its mana and power level, or like mana and power toughness level, I should say, in that respect, and uh, is something worth considering if you're playing either soldiers or cards that care about artifacts. I would try it in Kata Blade. Yeah? That deck has, like, you know, if you're playing multiple Sword Ofs, y you tend to have, like, your mana's crimped every turn no matter what turn it is you just have places to put your mana and protection from multicolor is a fairly powerful ability that's not on a lot of cards so i don't know if it would ultimately like stand the test of time in that deck but any deck where you're putting a bunch of mana into equipment i would try this one drop it's also just reasonable against land combo decks right like sometimes some lands yeah. decks can't go reliably or they can't go infinite reliably depending on how they do it against you um, with this card in play, which is kind of infuriating. Right, or they're going infinite, and then you just go infinite as well. And so then you're like... Yeah. Like, now what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, well, can you kill me some other way? I'm not just going to scoop to infinite life if I have infinite life. Yeah. Better and then sleeve like, up... Well, it's a draw yeah. instead of you losing. Exactly, yeah. Better sleeve up your barbarian ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, baby. It's been a while. The babby ring. All right, Wheeler, you're up. Surge engine maybe i should take it no do you want this because no. i think of you when i see this card well it has my name right on it oh no i just meant it's a two-man artifact creature construct three two with defender and you can pay a blue and surge engine loses defender and gains this creature can't be blocked two and a blue search engine becomes blue and has base power and toughness five four activated only if it doesn't have defender and then pay four to <laughs> pay four double blue draw three cards activate only if surge engine is blue and only once so i'm busted that 5-4 is not till end of turn either no it's permanent For this only is three mana yeah well, four it's like four mana well no six Oh wow, yeah. But this... it's overturns yeah. and it's on it like presumably yeah, in an yeah. artifact deck. Like again Sorry, none of the abilities turn on turn. I thought yeah. the first ability was still on turn. You, nope, nope. you only have to drop defender once. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's a figure of destiny. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a figure of destiny, but like you play this on playing this on one in an artifact ancient two mana deck is super easy to do. Um and like honestly, you don't even need to pump the mana into it to make it relevant. Like a three-two just it's already a watch wolf. So many things yeah. on the defense, but that's okay. You can and you will because then three-two can't be blocked. And then oh no, my artifact deck. I wish I had mana lying around. <laughs> Here you go. Uh, yeah, geez. Uh, yeah, I hate to say it, but Surge is busted. <laughs> I mean, in, in the right deck. Why it's really Blue, good. Why did Blue get two figures of Destiny before Boros got a second one? Because <laughs> that uh, the Snow one's not a bad card. I don't know. I haven't seen it popping up in a lot of lists, but I still think Ascended Spirit is fine. Mm -hmm. and, I'm, sorry, you go, and this one seems nuts. I'm almost thinking of this also in a Blue Tempo deck. You could Sorensen this thing. Well, I'm just thinking it can't be blocked, which yeah. is so relevant in those decks of like put Curiosity on this, protect it with a combat. With, with like um, the, counter spells and stuff. Yeah, the abilities don't have to be on as sorcery. Exactly. So this could just be like your two power unblockable five four that you protect. Three power. I know it's weird sorry, to say yeah, in two, a sorry two mana. I mean, yeah. yeah. I know it's weird to say in a deck filled with like query and dryads, but 
it's kind of un- well the one thing that's unappealing about this card in like Sorensen or or low curve tempo is that this card doesn't scream to me um I play 20 creatures you know like to me this card it you're either it's like one of many because if it dies to shock I I'm thinking about shocks mm-hmm. so like if you're super low on your threat density and like this card does continually get bigger but not while you're doing other things. Sure. So for the tempo decks, they might not necessarily want to play this kind of card, but for the aggressive decks that just have so much mana lying around, like maybe like a mono blue mid range deck. I know people have been sleeving up some Tempest gins mm-hmm. <laughs> locally. Um, maybe that has a home there. Like this is harder to protect like Rex yeah. is everywhere. And that's a lot harder to, uh, to counter than some other things, you I know, maybe see this going into blue moon. Where or, you're, go ahead. Well, just Academy Ramp, actually. Sure. Right? It's just cheap and trades with something. Yeah. That's kind of hot. Sure. And if they don't do anything about it, you're like, okay, 10 mana, draw three, I guess. <laughs> this is this is shocking. This two mana mythic is uh, really good and flexible, more so than we thought before. <laughs> All right, Nelson, you're up. It's Thran Spider. Hooray! Another spider. <laughs> three mana, two, four, artifact creature spider with reach. And when this enters the battlefield, you and target opponent each create a tapped power stone token. Okay, can't tell how much I like that. But for seven, you can look at the top four cards of your library, reveal an artifact from among them, and put it in your hand. Put the rest of the bottom of your library in a random order. And you can do that as many times as you want. So obviously your power stone token definitely has something great you're going to do with it, if expensive. And your opponents may or may not. The stats are okay. It's, you know, you get the giant spider stats for only three. You can workshop or, of course, ancient tomb mana it. I waited so long. Um, <laughs> and this, the, you know, in this situation where you're, you're Paradox Academy or you have any of the um, mana combos we talked about before, you can kind of go infinite with this thing right away. It's sort of like Urza, but you don't need a blue. Well, this like instantly. If you have infinite mana, this this just finds your win con. Yeah, exactly. Because right? your win con all of your artifacts out of your exactly. library. Exactly. Yeah. I think even Paul chuckled over you saying, "Well, when you have infinite, mana. yeah, yeah, yeah." I just yeah. Even, <laughs> like how he smoothly went from three mana to four reach into infinite mana. I do. I get. I get exactly does, what you're saying. Yeah. Does Nelly have a soft spot for spiders? Is this card bad? I think this card's bad. Yeah, it's probably not gonna make the cut. Yeah, I'm not think it's bad? I hate the idea of giving my opponent a token. I mean, they do untap with it first, right? Yeah, so they, they the first. You, you basically give them a free mana, which is very risky. The thing it has going for it is that it's a piece of uh, an infinite combo. Like it's it's the pay, it's a payoff, right? That finds the other payoffs while also being a halfway decent blocker. Three mana, two yeah. four, but with reach. So it it does block the three ones just fine. Let me say this: it's yeah. not. I don't want to call it bad. I want to yeah, call it unnecessary. It's not awful, but it's probably not making. It's surprised you don't like it for Academy. No, nah, it's it's or, just uh, what's the untappy one? What do you paradox? Call? Yeah, it's yeah. it's staff of domination all over again, sort of thing, where it's just like not necessarily bad and does stuff while we go infinite and can theoretically protect us, but just like we just learn to play better cards, sure. more flexible cards. I think. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I will always go to bad for spiders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, you could certainly play this in a deck, and it could be great. It could yeah. stop their 3-3s three from killing you and then help you win the game. You got two spiders. It just might be, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. There's, yeah. there's, it's a great set for spiders. Um, but I think it's probably wrong if you have access to the cards or whatever to include this one. All right. Me. Transmogrants crowned. Transmogrants? Transmogrant. Mm, so it's an isekai confirmed. Two mana equipment. Equipped creature gets plus two plus oh. Whenever equipped creature dies, draw a card. Equipped for either two or for black. Right. This card's sweet. (laughs) So it's not quite a bone splitter. And it's not quite a skull clamp. But it does do both of the things that both of those cards do, which is great. One of which is kill your opponent. And the other of which is draw a card. Uh, It is... More expensive than both of those artifacts. Those artifacts are both very powerful and also very cheap, both casting for one and equipping for one, whereas this one casts for two and most of the time also equips for two. But it offers flexibility. But that being said, our format includes a lot of very powerful tutors. And often if you're playing powerful equipment, you also have the means to find it. So I think you just, in a situation you want Bone Splitter, you find Bone Splitter. In a situation where you want Skull Clamp, you find Skull Clamp. 
Like, this doesn't even kill your own creatures, which is a big and important part of Skull Clamp, right? But it does say draw a card. I, I'm having a hard time on <laughs> can this maybe one. See it, can maybe see it in Mono Black Aggro or maybe Black Mold. Like, in the uh, the Black Aggressive decks might play it. I'm but not that's, sure that's going to stick around. But that's so expensive. It's not as good as Skull Clamp. Uh, I mean, one black to a... The upfront yeah. cost is definitely a lot, but one black is... That's just so easy to throw it around on any of your, like, creatures that you just want to die, and it actively just gets... Yeah. It, it's kind of like Felden that we uh, talked about last episode, where it's just... They're damned if they do, damned if they don't at cer a certain point. I'm just I'm just looking at... Okay. I think maybe Aristocrats wants a density of skull clamps, too. Right? Like the... Yeah, but again, skull clamp kills the creature, or this doesn't. But they, they have but all they the have sack elements already, yeah. So, I... I talked about this today where I don't think it's worthwhile comparing this to skull clamp because nothing is like skull. Clamp. That's fair. That's skull fair. clamp is one of the most broken cards of all time and is just a, an actual factual. Oops. We wrote down the wrong number sort of thing. Right? right. Or like nobody checked this. It does draw two cards. Pretty yeah. Up, right. Yeah. Um, and so what it does is super unique. Uh, and because of that, it's busted. This card has a genuine application, and I think that all of the things that are worded here are good. Yes, make I agree. creature bigger. You block creature, me draw a card. You kill big creature, I draw a card. I have sack outlet, me combo. I don't know, I'm a caveman. Me combo sack outlet with <laughs> yeah. card draw a card. I just have a hard time thinking about an aggressive deck. What I would cut to include this, because like I'm not cutting Bone Splitter from running Bone Splitter for this. I'm not cutting GTA. I'm not even. I, I don't even know if I'd replace Grafted War Gear with this, because like three mana, as you said, your black aggressive deck, three mana to cast and equip that, or cast and equip, you know, plus three, plus two is big. I just, I think Grafted War Gear is stone unplayable, but uh, nobody tell Alex. Um, yeah, I think that card is just like the, it's the, seen its hundred percent unplayable. It's really? unclean. Yeah, yeah, it's just. Wow. All right. Uh, this is your opportunity, those dear viewer, to roast Nel uh, Nelson. Roast Nelson in the comments. Please roast, roast me too. Yeah, please roast Wheeler roast in, the Nelson in the comments. Are you on? Are you on? Wheeler doesn't like the exoskeleton anymore. Do you not? Or the war gear, I mean. Do you not like war gear either? I love war gear. I love war gear. I'm a war I love gear. War gear. Uh, this man said hypnotic specter. When we were listing best three drops. I also love hypnotic specter. Well, we were listing boomerish three. Boomerish, is there no joy left in your heart? Look, I'm above 30 now too, but I still I'm a, I'm grounded enough to understand that some of these cards are a little outdated. I mean, what when you're looking for le just like raw stats, is is anything currently beating War Gear for like at three mana? Shatters though? beating War Gear. That's what's going on. <laughs> uh, no, that's fair. Yeah, no, I just think there's better equipment that like the raw stats thing is cool, but you know what's even cooler? Shadow Spear. Shadow Spear, Shadow Spear is a great right? Card. I wouldn't That's cut the Shadow Spear for this. No, no, no. I, 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 I do really like this card. I think you play it along those. What do you cut? Well, that's, that's the problem. Maybe your Black Mold deck doesn't need, uh, like one of your three drops, or like maybe. Do you really need him to Torak? Do you really need that? I wondered if you were going to come after him to Torak. Now. Yeah, I'm also. I, I what mean, next? I'm famously. Is nothing him. sacred? I'm famously a him to Torak hater, though. Maybe you can't really afford two life for this thought season. <laughs> I'd say I want to put together now a deck I'd with only cards that. that Wheeler thinks are garbage oh, and then, then win the tournament with it. I don't think him to Torak's garbage. I'm just saying that, like, I think that there are different cards that you can cut that maybe these decks have been playing for so long. And yet somehow they haven't been able to find a whole bunch of a success. Just, I wonder why. Just boomer magic. Show up with Baneslayer Angels and, and you know... Give it a grafted war gear and him his hand out. Yeah, it's I, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I like Boomer Magic. I got into this format playing Heartbeat Combo and Polymorph. Like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Where's all that right. deck now? Okay, so we're not well, really 100% convinced of Transmogrin's th crown. Thumbs up or thumbs down on the count of three. Oh, well. Three, two, one. Big thumbs up. We're going to give the one thumbs up. I don't know. I fear it's 101st three, card. Three to... Half. Yeah, I'm in between cards 100 and 103. Cut your old Rutstein and try this one. Oh, okay, hold, hold, hold on. Now, hold on. <laughs> All right, let's move on. 
Who's is it me? It's Wheeler. It's Wheeler. Oh, Urza's Silex, a three mana legendary artifact that has pay two white white tap exile Urza Silex. Each player chooses six lands they control. Destroy all other permanents. Activate only as a sorcery. When Urza Silex is put into exile from the battlefield, you may pay two. If you do, search your library for a planeswalker, reveal it, and put it into your hand. Then shuffle your library afterward. Um, speaking of Boomer Magic, uh, boom as in boom bust. Mm. I it, love disc. Yeah, I don't think this card is playable. That's um, probably fair. I've there have been people asking about five color cascade stacks and other big kaboom stacks lists and whether or not this card gets in because it technically has workshop mana. Um, but no, it's just there's just better things to play than this card. And like, you know what the worst kind of Armageddon is? The one that destroys your planeswalkers. No, the one that doesn't destroy all their lands. Oh yeah, that's yeah. the that's the big problem with I, it. Is just that you you work hard to pull off your trick, and then they still have six lands. It does it does blow up planeswalkers and creatures and stuff. Like that's not nothing, but also I think that's a bad side actually, because typically what a lot of these decks like to do is cast a planeswalker and destroy everything else out, right? Because mm-hmm. like a lot of the older cards that those archetypes played were templated such that they didn't include planeswalkers. Right. That's why that's why the stack stacks have, you know, thrived in the past and still live in the hearts of many is that you get like a Chandra Torch of Defiance down and cast Wildfire, Chandra gets to survive. So yeah, I, I'm not I'm not too high on this card. Sorry folks. Nelly, you're up. Yoshin Frontliner. A one-mana, one-one soldier uh, with when Frontliner attacks, another target creature you control gets plus one, plus one until end of turn, and it has Unearth for one white. So I feel like this is solid in, in Soldier Tribal because the stats are just fine. It's it's like an Isamaro. Um, it itself is a one-one. Another creature gets a one-one, and then it Unearths again for only one mana. So anytime you need to get a one mana body out of your graveyard if you're milling your whole thing. This is another option. Probably the decks that are that are like uh Hermit Druiding want that courier that we talked about before. Mm-hmm. But this one, you're just gonna unearth it alongside all the other elite vanguards you're playing and flipping your um young Gideons and jamming Legion, in with Legion's your, your landing your or big whatever. yeah, exactly. You're flipping your, your Legion's landing more easily because you've got a powerful pile of one drops that you beat down with. So in the go go fast um good stats one two three drops uh aggro version of of death and taxes or white weenie uh i think you could see a home for this one all right that was our final artifact let's move on to lands now and i've got demolition field it's a land that taps are colorless and then two and tap and sacrifice the demolition field destroy target non-basic land and opponent controls that player's controller may search their library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield, and then shuffle. And then you may search your library for basic land card, put it onto the battlefield, and then shuffle. So this is good. <laughs> yeah. Field of Ruin, is that you? It's Field of Ruin, but now they realize that Commander is the most popular format. So they, yeah, there's. So they just fixed it. Shoutouts yeah. to Carmen Handy for pushing for this. Yeah. Commander players can now not feel bad about including it in their decks. Yeah. Play this in your D&D lists. Also, hey. Anyone who's done demolition knows that none of that stuff should be standing if this is where the demolition is happening. You gotta clean that up. Get the get the wrecking ball back in there. There's a building still like on its legs there. Yeah, get that wrecking ball hitting that uh that human figure over. <laughs> yeah. How'd they make it out here? Looney Tunes style. All right, next up, Wheeler. Fortified Beachhead. Nope. Uh, as, as fortified beachhead enters the battlefield, you may reveal a soldier card from your grave or from your hand. Uh, fortified beachhead enters the battlefield tapped unless you reveal the soldier this way, or you control a soldier. And it adds white or blue, and pay five tap soldiers you control get plus one plus one until end of turn. Uh, so this is a nice little upgrade to the Lorwyn cycle of like Secluded Glen and Guiltleaf Palace and whatnot. Um, kind of like a nice homage or nod to that as yeah, well, right? Yeah, and it's much better because you can play it after you've played out your cards and you still get it untapped. Um, or before, you can play it untapped on turn one, that's too. True. Yeah, it's that's great. true, yeah. yeah. Um, and that activate, uh, activate ability is huge. I think the important thing about this is that shockingly, two-color decks, their mana honks. Like, if you're not a two-color green deck, your mana is kind of not great. Like, 
Blue Moon's maybe the exception, but that's also just a deck where it's like everything's blue except for this one red source to cast my lightning bolt and my blood moon, you know? <laughs> um, and for a, for a more aggressive version of a blue-white, a two-colored blue-white deck, you don't want to play like an irrigated farmland like the cycling lands. You don't want to play, you know, you might not even want to go as deep as playing anything beyond Cavern of Souls for um, your creature lands, like no unclaimed territory or whatever, because you might dip into more non-soldier humans, like, you know, your Mother of Ruins or your Giver of Ruins or whatever. So... This is a nice reinforcement for that tribe. And God, does it ever make me like, it makes me just want a full cycle of these. Like Merfolk would be, would oh my kill God. for green, this. blue Merfolk, this land. Holy moly. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause originally I was not high on this card and I actually thought about cutting it. Cause I was like, it's very niche. It's only for soldiers. This is before we did the research and found how many soldiers there were. 69. The, really? 69 mono blue soldiers. A wow. hundred and, nine blue x soldiers huh and i thought the activated ability was completely useless i thought this was like a rare staple maybe for the um the limited format or maybe for standard or something like that and also specifically for blue white there's an abundance of dual lands compared to a lot of the other colors you can get weirdo ones like nimbus maze or whatever yeah right like there's as far as color pairs go blue white has been kind of spoiled for it but Everything you said is also right. We suddenly have like soldiers might be much more viable than I the, assumed. The blue, the blue white lands too. They're really good, but they're also really good through the lens of like what your average blue white deck is going to be, like control or even like tempo that can maybe take one turn off and sure. then have perfect mana for the rest of the game, yeah. or can cantrip the way, their way into uh, better lands. But uh, yeah, thank you for reminding me about Nimbus Maze because oh, yeah. I think <laughs> untapped. Yeah, your lands, your lands in blue white already. Yeah probably aren't perfectly set up to easily go like white 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 blue yeah which yeah. is going to be what you need a bunch of times mm -hmm. in the soldier set no you're up it's hall of tagson uh taps for a generic or taps for a colorless pay a generic and tap it add one man of any color so the uh un what's this un called unknown Uncharted? shores unknown yeah. shores got unknown shores but now you can also pay for and tap it to create a tapped power stone token so i like that any lands that can continually provide you advantage this is a reasonable amount of mana to add a power stone i feel like on a land at least the upside is is so so um sorry the the cost is so low i mean the um the, the barrier for entry to start getting yeah, the ability yeah, the to make these inclusion power or whatever of course exactly is so low that uh i would probably try this in paradox academy um, there's already a lot of important lands in that deck, but I could see it maybe in just any other deck that cares about artifacts. You know what it reminds me of is those old, like, storehouse lands where you, like, uh, tap and put a counter on it and you can, like, cash them out later or like whatever. Like the Red Ship Reef. Yeah. Orphan Ruins or whatever. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. For, this just feels like a modern update on, like, an old cycle of lands. I mean, we're talking about Boomer Magic. An old cycle of lands I don't know how many people even think of or remember, but those used to... I remember Josh Lane would do that, too. He'd be like, nothing on your turn? Uh, end step. Yeah. Put on a counter. You're like, oh, Stack no. Stack up that Dread Ship Reef. Make <laughs> yeah. that draining whelk for... Cheat. You can tap your power stone to put a charge counter on Dread Ship Reef. This does, speaking of which, this pays into itself, right? Yeah. Like you yeah. make a power, power stone, then your next stone, activation yeah. is just cheaper with it. That's right. Yeah, kind of appealing. Yeah, I don't know. Do, do either of you see putting this in a deck? Or do you think this is trash and you just were talking about it because I want it on the list? No, I mean, I, I thought about this card as well. I don't have a home for it. I do worry that this is another one of those cards that is on paper fine. Like there's nothing bad about it, but practically in our format might not get into a lot of decks. Sure. Appropriately, I think that where I would want this is Nelson Academy, where like <laughs> where like you will play some black cards, like especially Tezzeret, but like you might not have black mana all yeah. the time. And so just having more, yeah, like being filter. able to just... Just filter. Sometimes you'll have six mana, none of it black, and you want to cast this four mana Tezzeret, and you're just like, eh. right. So that can help. All right. And next up, and I believe the last card is me with Mistress Foundry. This is a land that tops are colorless. Two mana. Mistress Foundry becomes a two to assembly worker artifact creature until end of turn. It's soul land. And one and tap. Target assembly worker gets plus two plus two until end of turn. I think there's one other assembly worker in the set that we talked about earlier. And obviously it synergizes with Mishra's Fa oh, factor factory. Factory, factory. Yeah. 
It doesn't have the same cool line. So Mistress Factory used to be like the auto-include creature land that we'd play in the set because you could block, you could animate block and then pump itself, which was really powerful. Obviously, you can't do that because it only works for an attacking assembly worker. Can't pump itself, which is really frustrating. So this is just like still obviously not as good as the old Mistress Factory. I think it's kind of cool and it's like a neat nod to an old card, but I, I don't think it's playable. Not in like the artifact aggro deck? I, I barely even play Mishra's Factory. The the main creature lands that I like in the artifact decks are the flying ones. Oh, Colony or Blink Moth Ink Moth? Blink Moth Ink Moth are the two that I'm going to play because they're cheaper to activate and they have evasion. And even that deck is color hungry. Even in the artifact aggressive decks, like you, you're typically using your extra land slots to play out the artifact lands. Like that feels more valuable than, than a pay two mana to get a two two right do you disagree i maybe this is my boomer magic showing no nah, dude i'm always on factories really? on that deck yeah i well, love factory yeah but i wouldn't play foundry <clears throat> i'd play foundry i love i think creature lands i think cre here's here's my hot take i don't know how hot is it, it is creature lands are way underplayed in canlander right now you think some of the more the, 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 the worst ones, ones should be getting the AFR more. ones are so good. Oh, yeah, Even the bad like World Wake uh, slash um, Battle for Zendikar ones are just great. Like Lumbering Falls is a perfectly okay card to play in like a band control or whatever. I played Lumbering Falls in Simic turns. It just kills people, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You do just kill people. Um, if I look at the old ones, I think the only two I still care about are Creeping Tarpit and Celestial Colonnade. And like even then, it's like, but taking a turn off for specifically the ones that interplay tapped is devastating in our format. This, these ones are nice because they're untapped, right? But they don't produce color. So my brother, try playing Stirring Wildwood. It holds. Up, <laughs> I yeah, still like well. stirring wild. Yeah, still right, that's fair. Wild. That's I, fair. I, Raging Ravine, I think, is maybe like no, you're right. No, like no, that's no, where no. we're at. You can't afford okay. to put a gruel tap land in okay, play. Okay, Grandpa. But to... <laughs> creeping Tarpet's still good too. Yeah, I don't know. Like a control deck or something like that. All right, I believe, and I'll wait for confirmation. You know, that was the final card from our I, set review. I just want to ask if either of you have seen any changelings attacking lately, because pay one and tap target attacking like changeling outcast gets plus two plus two is sort of relevant i i mean i've cast mast vandal in the past year yeah and uh i don't know if i'm playing this in that deck though. yeah I mean, speaking of creature lands there is the snow creature land that's a changeling their best Faceless friend haven Faceless haven like that's it that's, a, that's a creature land, land. okay it's fine thanks for waiting in theory crafting yeah. all right we just did three set reviews of this. We have talked about this set for, I don't know how the exact runtime, but at this point, probably four hours, probably 90 minutes, 90 minutes, and an hour now. Uh, we've had an opportunity to look through the cards. We've had an opportunity to evaluate the cards. What do you think of the set as a whole? I'm going to start with Wheeler. So when we did Dominari United, I was thinking, this is all I want from a Magic set. But then I wasn't necessarily feeling that, you know? <laughs> It was like, I like this setting. It's what I grew up with. It does a bunch of cool stuff, but something felt off. Then we got this set, and I'm like, oh, no, never mind. This is all I've wanted from a Magic set. The cards are powerful. They are interesting. They are. You got a bunch of niche players. You got a bunch of role players, flexible cards, and a bunch of different archetypes. Obviously, a bunch of artifacts on Earth. Just... The power level is like perfect. Yes. It's maybe, I don't even want to say it's a bit pushed because it's pushed in all the right directions, right? There's no shield rid that makes me go like, oh, <laughs> but there is some extremely powerful cards that are, you know, build arounds or uh, you might not play in every metagame, but you know, they're, they're phenomenal. Yeah. 10 out of 10, 11 out of 10. Nelly. I think it's a great set. Uh, the Johnny in me is extremely satisfied. Just the like variously scaling, scale upable uh, constructs that can get like hilariously big. Um, the one from we talked about the previous set where you can play it for two as a two, three, or five as a five, five, and then you can sacrifice it to make it three times as big. And get oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Just a bunch of hits like that where it's like the ceiling on the card is so, so high. Um, and I also think Titania is crazy nuts. Sorry, I'll let you say that again without being repeated. You can say it in your own words. Um, and the set, 
obviously did a great job of being a love letter to antiquities and and giving you so many like satisfying references to like the cards uh you may have played as a kid but now they've been remade into good cards so like oh hercules here yeah i yeah. love his recall yeah exactly you're saying wheeler no i was just gonna say her her yeah, oh her. pardon me her recall yeah yeah well, thank you i love artifact sets I really, really do. And this is probably my favorite set since Aether Revolt. Maybe not enough vehicles. I could have stood for some more vehicles. But I, yeah, I am just so happy. Such a big grin on my face. I mean, obviously, like, the lands cards are great. I'm glad they're there. I'm glad Titania is there. Um, I love the support that Elementals is getting because maybe that's the new tri the new tribe that I'm really going to start cheering for in every set review. Like, did we get one more? I'll be like Jeremy White with Druids. He'll be, like, unsufferable. It'll be perfect. Um... Yeah, I wish there were more vehicles. I, I do want to talk mechanically. I think this is really interesting, too. I like that they didn't add something like uh, power or energy. You know, it feels like the mechanics that they've added to the set will be evergreen in a way that they fit well in the flavor of what's happening here, but they'll also continue on in our format for a long time. Like, it doesn't just work in a limited environment and then kind of fall apart. So that's great. It's not It's not something that you have to build around, like, madness. It's like, no, these are just really good vanilla cards with upside when you add the mechanic to it. Like, unearth, right? It's, yeah, all killer, no filler. The, uh, the team at Wizards, when they want to do a set or a, a mechanic like energy, they have to go and do a silver board set now. Oh, yeah. right. We've banished. Like with, we've with we've the, kicked them out. The tickets and stickers, right? Sure, like your ticket, yeah. Your ticket pool is is energy. So you're allowed to do it as long as it's just for fun. No tournament energy. Yeah. No, I think, I think yeah, 11 out of 10, sort of as Wheeler was saying, I it's it's not busted. It's flavorful. I'm excited. I want to start brewing. The the thought juices have been flowing. Mm. I, yeah. I really like that they made the meld cards so good. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Like You might actually see, you might actually see meld cards pulled off on uh, North 100 or Friday Night Paper Fight, Highlander Night's coming up here. Keep your eyes peeled for those. It's a random little shout out for our other content that we do. Any closing thoughts or should we call it there, my friends? Play Titania. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching. This has been an absolute delight. Let us know what you thought about the set, your favorite cards, whatever you want to talk about down in the comments below. Reminder, the North 100 is brought to you by you, the support of the Patreon over at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun. Vin Surge, joined by Nelly. I was here. And Wheeler. Played to Tanya. Thank you so much for watching, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.